0: I I stand up here to to preach. I feel like you guys should be a little bit nervous but um but in this case on um, uh, i i I had worked and put together this beautiful, logical, wonderfully flowing sermon, all ready to go and to be so impressive and just great and, and and then I woke up this morning, and early, and, and God said, no, chuck it. And I said, what? <laughs> wait, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, wait. Uh, because I had it all printed out like I normally do. I was going to bring out my, my and, and it's going to be right there. It's gone. And, um, and then, uh, and, and, I, and I tried a second time I was like can I print it out please just in case I really just fall apart and so I snuck into my bedroom where my wife was still peacefully sleeping or just trying to but anyway peacefully sleeping and she very sweetly and 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 sleepily said, go ahead, do what you got to do. And so I went over, I turned the printer on, I, I had the computer open, I was ready to print out, and God said, no. And I was like, oh, oh no. And, and, and I got a little ner- more nervous. And, and I was like, can I have breakfast? And he's like, no, don't eat. And I'm like, come on, what in the world? So anyway, here I am, hungry, so if, if it picks up on the microphone, just forgive me. But <laughs> sometimes you just have to obey God, and you have to listen to his voice and do what he tells you to do. That's what you got to do. So how this is going to go, I have no idea. So anyway, if you had to seat belts, then please put them on because I'm not entirely sure. So, But I'm still excited because God's word is amazing. And you know what? God speaks through his word and he speaks directly to us. And that's what actually matters this morning because I believe that every single person here in this room has got to hear what God has to say to us today. So I'm going to start off with something that I've done occasionally with youth group. youth groups over the time, and I think it still strangely applies to adults as well. So let me ask you a question. When I say you reap what you sow, does that make sense? And so if I say, like if you if you sow a, uh, if you sow a peach tree, a peach tree, tree? Sorry. If you, po- if you sow a peach seed, what comes from it? Not an apple tree, no, a peach tree. If you sow corn, you're not going to get beets. You sow a potato, you're not going to get a tomato, okay? So you reap what you sow. So, not literally, so, therefore, therefore, if you think in a certain way repeatedly, then eventually from that comes an action, okay? So if I am driving home from the school and I'm thinking the entire way, I can't wait to see my wife. My wife is awesome. She's just the best. Um, you know what? Yay, wife. And I come home and I walk in the door uh, and I've been thinking that the whole way through, then how's that going to go? It's going to go pretty good. Yeah, you know what? Like, that's going to directly, she hates when I do this by the way, but that's going to directly impact how I treat her when I get home. Now, put, flip that for a moment. Let's say that as I'm driving home, I'm thinking the entire way, my kids are driving me, they're, you know what, they're going to drive me crazy. I bet you as soon as I get home, my kids are going to drive me nuts, completely nuts. Once I get home, even if they're acting like normal, normal. I'm going to go through the roof, even just normal kid stuff. I'm still going to be like, ah, blah, 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 blah. I try not to do that, but occasionally I do. So my actions then really came from, like sprung forth from my thoughts. Okay. Now, what happens when you take an action and you repeat it a bunch of times? Then you end up with a habit, right? OK, that makes sense? So. I I know this is all very like logical, reasonable, just bear with me. It'll get crazy later. It'll be okay. Um, So from repeated actions then come habits. Okay. But if you take a bunch of habits that are similar, then that starts to determine your character, one of your characteristics. You sow a habit, you reap a character. So if and I do my best to encourage my students, sometimes happens. If I do my best to encourage my kids and my wife and the other staff over at the school and here at the church, then one of my characteristics then becomes I'm an encourager. Okay? And I could do the negative of that, but I don't want to even talk about how that could go. Okay, so our character then comes from our habits. If you put all of our characteristics together then that leads to our destiny. So then our destiny begins with our thoughts. So when we think through I didn't mean that as a pun, but anyway, when we think about it, we want to ground our thinking in what's going to be most important and what's going to last. We need to ground our thinking in Jesus Christ. Let's go to the let's go to our scripture from today, from Acts chapter four. I'm going to start a little bit of the way down. Um, and when they had set them in the midst, they inquired by what power or by what name. Did you do this? What had happened is that Peter and John, in the name of Jesus, had just healed this guy that had been a cripple from birth. Now, there were occasionally healings done by the Jewish leaders, but this is a whole nother level. Healing someone who had been crippled by birth, that's that's like varsity. That's beyond varsity. That's like all state. Okay, so they're like wondering, how did this happen? By what power, by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, amazing what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a cripple, by what means this man has been healed? Be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. So these men very quickly say, uh-uh, it's not me. This is Jesus. Jesus is at work. This is the power of Jesus, not mine. And that holds true through the gospel, throughout the Gospels and the New Testament. People point to Jesus when they are children of, when they are children of God. They point to Jesus. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which, but which has become the head of the corner. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So here we have this stone that the builders have rejected. Who here has ever laid brick before? I'm just curious. Has anybody here laid brick before? Yes. Okay. Okay so so if you're laying brick then you grab about two bricks in your hands and at the same time you go plunk right yes no you you go one at a time all bricking is done one at a time i i don't think i've ever seen anybody manage to do multiple has anybody actually managed to do multiple that you know no it's it's one at a time but then that first brick ends up being the most important. Consider if it's like the, just slightly off kilter, if the angles are not quite right, what's going to happen to the rest of the bricks? Or what if it, it itself is just like you're not going to end up with a good house, or even a good shed, or even a good pile of bricks? I mean, you're. It's trouble. It's honest-to-goodness trouble. If that first brick is not right, then the rest of the building is shaky at best. It's a problem. So when we talk about, like, who is our cornerstone, who is setting that first brick in our life, then that really, truthfully, matters. Let me read to you from... If, uh, from um, Psalm 118 starting at verse 21 oh by the way this morning like I had the worst time at the 8 o'clock service because I realized that yes I actually am getting old because I'm the, the, it's pretty small and so I'm, I'm like oh I couldn't it is bad it was bad I, I, was, I was, it was terrible how do you deal with it, folks? How do you? D- really? Really? I'm, uh, this, when I read the Bible in the morning, because I have this Bible that I usually use, it's, it's, it's uh, I'm like, uh, no, I, I like to be young, <laughs> young. Uh, this is bad. And, and meanwhile, like some of you are like, yeah, whatever, kid, come on. Yeah, okay. So, again, we're on Psalm 118, starting at verse 21. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This psalm is normally read during Easter, and it should be read during Easter because the one that everybody has discounted for all kinds of reasons has become the chief cornerstone. Why was Jesus rejected in the first place? I mean, he's obviously a decent guy, loving, healed people, amazing preacher. Why was he so like hated by especially the folks who were in leadership? What was wrong? Jealous, but I think there's a bigger thing than that than that I think that one way or another the Pharisees wanted to be able to work out their own salvation they had their own swing scale in the sky and they had very carefully decided what goes on the good side and what goes on the bad side and so for sure They had no doubts about whether or not they were going to be with God because they had done so many good things. But the scales are a lie from the pit of hell. We can't do enough good things to make ourselves worthy. On On the flip side, we also cannot do so many things that are evil that God cannot forgive us, that the blood of Jesus cannot cover us and make us clean and wash us. I've run into folks in the past where they honestly were struggling with with whether or not God really could ever love them, could actually ever forgive them because of things they had done in their past. Like they felt so incredibly unworthy that they were like, you know what? I know God's love, Jesus, blah, 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 but still in my soul, in my gut, I feel like I can't possibly like deserve going to heaven? The answer is no, you don't deserve to go to heaven. Nobody does. It's only through Jesus Christ. He is the only name by which we may be saved, period. End of story, because he took that, he sacrificed himself for us to cover that sin, period. That's it. That's how it goes. Let me read to you from Ephesians, and this is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Consequent, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. You're no longer foreigners and aliens. If you've spent any time overseas then you know a little bit what it might be like to be a foreigner and an alien. I've spent three and a half years overseas and it was tough in a lot of ways. Even though people were reasonably kind and nice, but still we could, like I could feel it. I did not ever truly completely belong. Even after I'd been there for years. So when God adopts us then we're no longer foreigners we're no longer aliens we have a permanent family that never goes away but fellow citizens with god's people and members of god's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with christ jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. We're being built together. So then, consider, please, please consider, in terms of our own self image, in the ways in which we think, is Jesus the cornerstone? of our mind and our thoughts? Is Jesus the, the thing that we then, like, set everything else according to that one thing? Is Jesus our one thing in how we look at ourself? Because we don't, when we have a real relationship with Jesus, we can't be arrogant because we know that we don't deserve the grace that we're given. Arrogance is gone. It's impossible. On the other hand we also don't need to wallow in our guilt because we know that Jesus has forgiven us. So no matter how good we thought we were or how bad we thought we were in the end it's all about Jesus. When he's the cornerstone then that replaces everything else and we get to start afresh and build for real. In terms of our family Think about this. If Jesus is the cornerstone of our family, then how does that change our relationships with each other within our family? Now I know that all of you have perfect families. You never argue. You never get upset with each other. You never have problems or tussles or... um, And Thanksgiving is always the best thing ever, right? Yeah? No? (laughs) But what if Jesus was the cornerstone? No, it's not going to be perfect immediately, but oh, it'll transform things slowly, step by step by step. In terms of like our church, because Jesus is the cornerstone, then uh, if you were at the funeral yesterday, let me tell you, I mean, Jay, you could see just in how people were talking about him, like the, the ways in which like Jesus had become his cornerstone. I was really moved. Normally, funerals, I'm like, eh, OK. But then this time, he, like, I, I was honestly like moved. But just knowing how this man was able to have an impact on so many other people's lives because he had made Jesus his cornerstone. And then finally, what if, I know this is a pipe dream, this is crazy talk, but what if Jesus was the cornerstone for our country? Ugh, yeah, Okay, imagine just for a moment that Jesus became the cornerstone for our country. This whole beacon of light thing then becomes real becomes real. That's the kind of revival that I want us to be praying for, that I want to see. I want to see with my own eyes. So I pray that each one of us, as we go through life, that one way or the other in every different sphere, in our work, in our leisure, in our families, in our private time, in just being citizens of this amazing nation, that in every single sphere, that we put Jesus as the cornerstone, because then everything else gets built together. Remember, how we think then has a direct impact on our destiny. And I want the destiny of each person here and our families and our nation to be phenomenal. And that's only with Jesus. Amen?